Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Malachi, chapter 3. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. You might remember the story when Abraham came back from the battle of the kings. He is met by Melchizedek and he gives him a tenth of the spoils. So tithing actually is pre-law. It predates the laws of Moses. You might remember in Genesis chapter 28, Jacob is running from Esau. He falls asleep at Bethel and he sees a stairway to heaven and he vows to give God a tithe. Later, tithing was incorporated into the laws of Moses as part of Israel's worship, and Israel was commanded to bring a tenth of their increase to the Lord. One lamb out of ten, one cow out of ten, one cucumber out of ten, one egg out of ten, one grain out of ten. If you had ten herbs, one herb out of ten. Now, if they didn't want to carry, say they wanted to tithe a lamb or a cow, and they didn't want to carry the cow to the temple, they had the option to sell the animal and give the money to the temple, although there would have been a 20% upcharge or surcharge for that. A Jewish scholar by the name of Charles Feinberg did an excellent piece on listing, listen close, listing the the several tithes in Israel. He said the offering in Israel was the first fruits, not less than one sixteenth of the corn, the wine, and the oil. There were also several kinds of tithes. Number one, there was a tithe of one-tenth of the remainder after the first fruits were taken. This amount went to the Levites, For their livelihood, you'll find that in Leviticus chapter 27. Secondly, a tenth was paid by the Levites to the priest. You'll find that in Numbers chapter 18. Thirdly, the second tenth was paid by the congregation for the needs of the Levites and their families at the tabernacle. You'll find that in Deuteronomy chapter 12. Y'all still with me? Say amen. When you brought your tithe, you were allowed to eat of your tithe. You were allowed to eat of it. So you could bring your lamb to the temple. And after they sacrificed it, you could stay and have lamb chops, according to the Bible. Fourthly, another tithe was every third year for the poor. All in all, under the laws of Moses, all in all, the tithe was about 30% of their increase or income. Now listen closely. My following comments will be shocking to some. I'm certain that if any 
minister, pastor, will hear my following comments. He'll probably start pulling their hair out. Tithing, listen close. As you study the New Testament, you do not find tithing anywhere. Tithing is not enforced in the New Testament. Tithing is not enforced. Listen, the New Testament principle. Now, now, now I want you to zoom in close. The New Testament principle isn't tithing. And that's good news for some. huh? Isn't tithing. The New Testament principle, listen at this, is more than tithing. Darn, Rodney. Is more than tithing. The New Testament principle isn't tithing. The New Testament principle is giving. Is giving. First Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2. I have it on the screen for you. It reads this. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay aside something. Store up as he may prosper, that they that there be no collections when I come. Let me read that again. On the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper, that there be no collections when I come. If you're taking notes, start taking notes now. Talking about our giving, how are we to give under this thing called grace, under the New Testament? How are we to give? Number one, if you're taking notes, our giving must be periodic. Paul establishes that right there in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Our giving must be periodic. In other words, the first day of the week. Did you notice that? Secondly, our giving must be planned. Lay something aside. It must be planned. Listen, saints, if you're preparing to give when you come to church, take care of that at home. You want to plan it at home. You know, oftentimes, and I know it's done with the right heart and nothing weird about it, but but I would from time to time see people when they come to church and they're sitting there by the tithe box writing out their tithe or sitting over here and writing out their tithe and getting their check ready and stuff. And I come up and, you know, honestly, when I see them writing a check or something like that, I want to come up and go, hey, how you doing? And what's your name? And when I see them writing a check, I get all weird and awkward and everything. You know what I mean? So I just kind of go the other way because I don't want to see what they're giving. I, so, so, so the point is, Paul says, look, lay something aside, plan it before you come. Not only should your giving be periodic and planned, but our giving must be proportional, proportional as God has prospered you. You know, some people can't afford 10 percent and some people can afford more than 10 percent. Listen, to the person that can't afford 10 percent. God isn't holding them hostage. But to the person who can afford more than 10%, God requires them to give more than 10%. Remember, the principle isn't tithing in the New Testament. The principle is giving. It's giving. I mean, listen, if you have someone making $10,000 a year and trying to keep the law of tithing, that's $1,000 a year, and that's a lot of money and a tremendous struggle. Now, if you have someone making $10 million a year and all they have to tithe is $1 million and they get to keep $9 million, listen, it's easy to live off of $9 million. Please say amen, somebody. I don't know about you. Look, I can live off of a million. 
a million. Not a million, a million. I mean, it's kind of easy. So you see the difference, I mean, in proportion. So one person can't afford to give a thousand a year and they find it difficult. Another person is wealthy enough to live off a 10% of their income and they can tithe 90% of their income. Again, the principle in the New Testament is not tithing, it's giving. It's giving. You know, there are plenty of people, as a matter of fact, I don't know, but there are plenty, whether you know, but there are plenty of people who have given 90% of their income and lived off of 10. Did you know the founder of Quaker Oats decided as a young man to keep 10% and to give 90%? The founder of Quaker Oats, oatmeal. And God said, I like Quaker Oats. <laughs> and, and it's a multi-million dollar industry today. The founder of Hershey Chocolate determined to give, a, give as a young boy 10% of every dime and every nickel to the Lord. Did you know that? The president and founder of Wrigley's Gum did the same thing. Listen at this. True story. Around the turn of the century, there was a guy who owned a fledgling business. He said, Lord, I know it's important to tithe, but as far as the profits of my little business go, I'm not going to give you 10%. I'll keep 10%. And from this day on, as long as I live, you, Lord, will receive 90%. of the profits of this company. He became a multi, multi multi-millionaire on 10%. And this man is better known as Lord and Taylor. He named the department store, first of all, the Lord, because it was his intention to put God first. Amen, saints? And Mr. Taylor was his name. So, I mean, what, what a gift, What a gift of giving. This guy says, look, I'm going to live off of 10%. And God, you can have 90%. Man, what did God for more people like? Listen, if you have that gift, please exercise it. I mean, what did God more people were like that? But, but, but the point is giving and one guy struggles and one guy doesn't even feel it financially. And honestly, listen, some of this tithe teaching makes it seem like all you have to do, look, correct me if I'm wrong, not now, but later. You know, they make it seem like, all this tithe teaching, they make it seem like all you have to do is give 10% and you'll be acceptable to the Lord. That's all you have to do is just give your 10% and you're acceptable to the Lord. Listen, the Bible does not teach that. If you have not given your heart to the Lord, then you keep your 10%. I realize this is not a popular teaching from lots of preachers, but it's the truth. And then I've heard things like, you know, well, if you're on public assistance and you give your 10 percent, I have heard this. I've heard people tell other people this. If you're on public assistance, you you make sure you give your 10 to the Lord. And and well, pastor, should I pay my electric bill? They're going to cut my lights off or should I tithe? I have heard people say you tithe. And God will keep the electric bill on. Is that awful? That's terrible. I mean, a person that can't afford it, they'll tell them, oh, well, you tithe and God will keep. That's ridiculous. You see, God is more interested in our hearts, saints. He certainly doesn't want your wallet if he does not have your heart. You see, he doesn't want your wallet if he doesn't have your heart. Maybe all you can afford is a tenth. Maybe you can afford a tenth and maybe you can't. But the Bible teaches in the New Testament that you're to give as God has prospered you in 
proportion. Fourthly, our giving must be private. Notice the verse again. Our giving must be no collections when I come. Remember Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount? Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 through 4. Take heed that you do not your charitable deeds before men to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, that your charitable deeds may be done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Your giving should be in private. In other words, when you give, you're not to do it in an ostentatious and showy way. Don't give to be seen of men. Don't draw attention to yourself as you place your offering in the boxes on the back wall. Don't do that. Don't give so people will treat you differently. People do that. They give big checks and all everybody in the church should know. Oh, there goes a big tither. Oh, there goes a big tither. And people start to treat you a certain way. And the pastor starts treating you a certain way because you're a big tither. I told you, I don't know who gives what here at Calvary Chapel. And I really don't care. That's all right. Three people agree with that. Amen. That's okay. I, I don't. I don't know who gives what and I don't care. I don't care who's the big tithers, who are not. I don't care what you give and what you don't because your giving should be between you and the Lord, not you and the pastor. Now, there are accounting people that have to know what you give because in February you want your statement. So they got to know what you give. But I don't need to know what you give and I don't know what you give. You see, your giving should be private. Private, just give as unto the Lord privately. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 8, but this I say, it reads, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves what saints? A cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. Talking about our giving here, it tells us our giving should be generous. If you're taking notes, it should be generous. In other words, don't be cheap. Don't be cheap. Give generously. You know, God loves generous people. God loves generous ministries. God loves generous pastors. Be generous. We try to be generous here at Calvary Chapel. And don't ever give to get, saints. Don't ever give to get. That's another teaching. You know, if you give your tenth, God will give you back 30, 40, 60, 100 fold. Listen, that's not giving. That's investment. Isn't that what they teach? Am I the only one hearing this stuff or is it, is it just me? Oh, you give your tenth and God's going to give back to you. That's investment. God, you don't give to get. You never give to get. People will teach you to give to get. And they use Malachi 3.8. They'll tell you, you know, you give your tenth and God's going to open up the windows of heaven and pour out on you a beamer. <laughs> open up the windows of heaven. God's going to pour out on you a Lexus. First, God's going to pour on you the bling, bling, baby. You give your tenth. You see, listen, as Christians, we don't give to get. You understand that? Say amen. You don't ever give to get. But your giving should be generous. Your giving should also, you're still taking notes, your giving should be freely, not forced and not coerced. You know, the church has made giving to God painful and distasteful. 
because there has been so much coercion in the church. Are you familiar with Triple Tide Sunday? Raise your hand if you are. Good. All right. That's like four people. Okay. That means I got to tell you all what it is. Okay. Lots of churches have this Triple Tide Sunday. That means all year long you give your tithes. And I mean, you know, it, it's it, 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 the way they do it is just painful and distasteful. And, and all year long you give your tithes. And then there's a one Sunday a year where it's Triple Tithe Sunday. You got to go out and get a part time job to do the Triple Tide Sunday. This is the kind of coercion that happens in the church today. How about tithing lines? Tithing lines. You know what that is? That means, they, oh, well, what you going to give to the Lord? If it, you know, What you going to give to the Lord? You know, tithing lines. You know, what you give to the Lord? $100 or more, stand up. People come down, they pray their prayer over the $100 people. And there's always a power, you know, it's a powerful prayer for the $100 people, you know. And then the $50 or more, raise your hand, $50 or more, come on down. We're going to pray, you know, it's less powerful prayer for $50 more. You know what I mean? And then, you know, $25, you get down to the $5 prayer, and it's like, you know, Lord, bless them. And then they go, you know, and, you know. And, the tithing lines thing. And then let me tell you, I'm, I'm kidding. I kid you not. This is the kind of coercion that goes on in the church today. And now there's a new thing. When the pastor is preaching, you're to bring your tithe and lay it on the altar while he is preaching. That violates every single principle of giving in all of the Bible. I am alarmed. I'm like looking at this going, what in the world is going on? This is nuts. But the pastor's preaching and people are bringing a church. And the more he get them going, the more he get them revved up. And, you know, he gets the, and the Lord said, oh, all oh, oh, the people coming down. Oh, yeah, here the money. Here the money. Here you go, man, here the money. They throwing checks at him. They throwing checks at the man. And they running down with the check and they're, you know, laying a check down there. And I'm like, what is going on in the church today? These are the kinds of things I'm telling you this, not because, you know what, if it wasn't so funny, it would be sad. Thank you. Because it is sad. I mean, the, the coercion and the manipulation and the ways that people have come up with to extract money from the people of God. And don't you know that they have God to answer to for that? Don't you know? Don't they know? You know what? You know why? Because look at, you know why? You know why they can do stuff like that? You know why? Look at verse five. Because, look at verse five. You there? Because they do not what? Fear God. When you don't fear God, anything's open. That's why they can do it without even thinking about it. No problem. Manipulation. Coercion. Forcing people, you know, all kinds of little things, you know, dig deep. That's another one. Dig deep. You know, God likes the color green. Oh, he don't like the jingling. He like the sound of crackling Chris Dollar Bills. All about the Benjamins, baby. Coercion, all of these things, you know, the truth is, listen, saints, listen, I'm trying to rush. I have so much to say. Lord Jesus, help me. You know, listen, the truth is this. You can never outgive God. Amen. God will never be a debtor to anyone. And the truth is, no, the New Testament does not teach tithing. The New Testament teaches giving. But listen how it works out practically. If Christians would give, even if every Christian in this room would even give the bare minimum to the church, do you understand that the church would never go without 
if every Christian in here just gave out of what they have, Every Christian, if you can do a tenth, then do a tenth. If you can give 90 and you can live off of 10%, then you do that. Whatever you can do, if every single individual in this room just gave out of what God gave them, the church would be wealthy. The church would be wealthy. As a matter of fact, if everybody, I'd have to get in the pulpit and tell you stop giving. Which ain't never likely to happen, but... Y'all pray for me. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it real at the same time, you know. I mean, if if we everybody just, you know, just did what the Lord put on their hearts, we'd always have enough to do what God has called us to do. So God tells us, look, we're to give out of what God has given us, to give generously, to give freely, to give cheerfully, to give cheerfully. You know, be a cheerful giver. Be a cheerful giver. Don't be stingy and giving to God and, you know, I giving you this money out here in the church. You know, if you feel that way, if you came tonight and you dropped a check in the box and you felt coerced to do it or you felt like you had to do it, then see Pastor Charles and ask him to give you your money back. <laughs> Keeping it real. But, you know, I mean, give cheerfully and hilariously is what the Bible says. And then in verse 10, God says, listen, try me in this area of giving. Try me. Now, remember, listen close in Matthew chapter four. You remember when 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 Jesus said that you shall not test or try the Lord your God. But here God is saying, try me. Do you know this is the only place in the Bible where we are told to test God in the area of giving for the Christian to give freely and cheerfully and generously and private and proportionally and planned and periodic giving? God says, if you would give to me, I will pour out a blessing that there won't be room in the storehouse. That would be the temple to receive it. And there will be sufficient for the nation, sufficient for the poor, sufficient for the stranger, sufficient for the priest and sufficient for the Levite. That's what God says. And then God says in verse 11, look at it again. And I will rebuke the devourer. Now, how many times have we heard the devourer is Satan? That God, if you give your tenth, you give your tenth and God will rebuke Satan for you. He's going to rebuke the devourer. Listen, that is not a reference to Satan. That is a reference to pestilence and locusts. That would come into the land and eat up their crops, come into the land and eat up their grains. And God says, if you will be faithful, God says, I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. You see, people are always trying to cleverly get money out of your pocket and they will tell you anything. God's going to rebuke the devourer. It's almost like, you know, if you don't give, you know, the boogeyman is waiting for you or something. So make sure you give your 10% so the boogeyman will leave you alone. That's the idea there. Listen, let's just be clear about something. The reason Satan leaves you alone is because you are blood bought and sealed by the Holy Spirit. My dad can beat your dad. That's why. That is why Satan leaves us alone. Not because you give 10% for protection. That's the Godfather, not the good father. <laughs> Say amen, Saints. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> That's the Godfather, man. 
Listen, every single Christian in this room, here's the point, and I close with this. Every single Christian, I had a lot more to say, but we're going to leave that alone. Every single Christian in this room should be a giving Christian. Every single Christian should lay something aside for the Lord every week that you come to church. Again, the principle is not tithing, it's giving. You understand? It's giving. And every single week you should come with something set aside for the Lord, whatever God has put on your heart and how much ever God has prospered you with. If it's 10%, great. If it's more, great. If it's less, whatever God has told you and put on your heart to give, that's what you give. And listen, don't ever try to pay off God. Remember He is the good father and not the godfather. Thank you, Jesus. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.